Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every single step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. In 20 minutes, we do the top five subject of the day. I defend a top five, another one that I had earlier this week. Well, not defend, but I have to explain it to Billy Jack. And, listen, he's got a Hall of Fame stat line. He does not have a Hall of Fame reputation, and yes, it matters. It does. Coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern, 9.40 a.m. Pacific. No preseason might not mean no postseason for these teams. It's going to make things very difficult, though. If you're a football fan first and a fantasy fan second, you might be a little bit nervous about this coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern. But baseball is back, a 60-game sprint. I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. I think they're doing a great job having fun in a lot of these stadiums. I thought I, thought I saw... Somebody put a picture of a horse that was a cutout at, with the Oakland A's, and now I want them to do, go very, very far in the season now. Like, if you're willing to have that type of fun as an organization, I might be pulling for you. Let's bring in Matt Snyder to talk about all that. Matt Snyder from CBS Sports, MLB writer. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Snyder CBS. Matt, good morning, or I should say good afternoon, friendo, depending on where you're at. Yeah, uh, yeah, just afternoon, just afternoon. But, yeah, that was a, a very – to me, very satisfying day of baseball. Um, I think we could have used maybe a 1 o'clock Eastern start, uh, yeah. but, you know, we had the Braves-Mets game, which, while it was only one nothing, it was a it was a pretty fun game. You know, you had the pitcher's duel, Cespedes with the bomb. So good to see that. Uh, it's so good to see him healthy and swinging the bat like the Cespedes of old. Edwin Diaz kind of felt like he, he needed that confidence booster right there. Uh, Soraka looked good good Jacob deGrom looks like Jacob deGrom and then we were off uh just a really fun night of baseball who needs to be worried most hitters or pitchers through this 60 game sprint where you've only really had what a three-week summer training session yeah um that's tough I I guess I would lean pitchers only because you're starting pitching you're only going to get 11 or 12 outings and if you look at someone like Lucas Giolito like, I, 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 I don't want to overreact to opening day too much, but when you have one start where you allowed seven earned runs and three in the third innings, like, I, I feel like, okay, you already can't win the Cy Young right now because you it, it, that's like three clunkers like that. And, uh, yeah, I just and, – and, and on the flip side, though, if you're Kyle Hendricks and you've already banked a shutout, well, uh, 
maybe he's got a shot at Cy Young. But yeah, I, I think pitchers the uh, the margin for error is so much lower because you just don't get to take the ball that many times. Shane Bieber had 14 strikeouts last night in the Indians yeah. opener against the Kansas City Royals. Of course, I'd be remiss not to mention Cleveland. Let's be serious here, Matt. What what do you feel about strikeouts now? Because there have been some criticism. Okay, it's either home runs or strikeouts. It's glorified home yeah. run derby. When a guy has 14 strikeouts, that still looks like a huge number to me. What's it mean now in, in today's game where we're seeing so much more of what I just mentioned in the question? Oh, there's absolutely, it's absolutely still a huge, huge deal. I, I mean, it's, you, and the biggest thing about missing bats now is how, how juiced the ball is. I mean, it's completely juiced. Uh, Major League Baseball it, it, it continues to act like it has this task force, but I, I think that they know that balls are flying, going to fly to the yard at, at record pace again this season. Um, so the, the only thing you can do as a pitcher, well, two things you can do as a pitcher. You can live in the bottom of the zone and get ground balls, or yeah. you can miss bats. So it's that's what you have to do. So yeah, I, I I do think that hitters' approach is part of it, but another part of it is pitchers have never been this good before. I mean, as times go on, uh, as we evolve, pitchers throw harder than they've ever thrown before, and there's new pitches being invented even now. Like you, Darvish even invented a new pitch that's like a hybrid. I think it was a, a hybrid of a, a of a split in a in a sinker or something like that. Like and he calls it the supreme. Like they're still, they have more pitches in their arsenal than ever before. They throw harder than ever before. Of course, guys are going to miss it. Matt Snyder, always fun to have him on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. Uh, can I can I share a conspiracy theory theory with you real quick? Major League Baseball Absolutely. says they they got that task force and they're they're not even though they own the company that that makes the baseballs, but no one wants to talk about that. Is there like well, and I know that there there have been nets going up. But is it if they admit that the the balls have been juiced, could that open them up to lawsuits with fans who have been drilled by those baseballs? Oh man, um, I hadn't thought about that before. That's but deep state yeah, stuff. That, isn't it? Yeah, that that absolutely seems like that's possible. Yeah, and it's like they've almost he, he, Manfred has stopped short of admitting, but he's gotten close to admitting. Like if we used machines to make the balls, we could make them all exactly the same, and we could control it but they're committed to still doing it handmade and hand-stitched, quote-unquote. So it, it, and, and that's why there's going to be inconsistency with the balls, and every ball seems a little bit different to the pitchers. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you might be onto something there. And that's not even that big of a deep state conspiracy type thing. That's <laughs> just common sense, right? I, yeah, like if I, it finds out they've been juicing the balls and somebody has brain damage, of course they would lose that lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, with, without a doubt. I'm like, man, if you guys announce that, I, there's going to be class action yeah. suits all over the place. There would be a whole Absolutely. gaggle of fans who would be willing to do that. Matt Snyder joining us on the show. All right, I want to take you to a place to, so I can take you somewhere else. At the end of the 2021 season, I don't want to dwell on this, but there will be another collective bargaining agreement that gets pounded out. Is there any chance in hell that we ever get a salary cap and a salary floor? Yeah, there's a chance. I, I, I know the owner side is going to push for a salary cap, and I know the players will say that's a non-starter, but if the owners push for a floor, that's high. It would have to be, it would have to be seven figures uh, per player. It would have to be something like $2 million league minimum um, because the system was working really well for a while in that you, you kind of stiffed guys on the front end 
the pre-arbitration guys, the, the ones I always like to talk about are like when Chris Bryant won MVP uh, in 2016, the Cubs won the World Series. He was the best player on the World Series team and the MVP, and he made $1 million. He was worth like $50 million, if not more, considering the Cubs winning the World Series, how much money that made the Ricketts. Or the next year, Carlos Correa was making like $600,000, and he was one of the best players on the team that won the World Series. Uh, for years, they were stiffing guys on the front end. But then it was kind of like a nudge-nudge, wink-wink, we're going to overpay you on the back end. Albert Pujols is my one example I always go to. At the end of his career, he will have made probably the right amount of money. He was just really shortchanged with the Cardinals and really overpaid with the Angels. But they stopped overpaying on the back end now, and now the players in their early years are getting screwed, and they need to fix that. So maybe that's where the floor comes in. You're the first person to say that. The, the first person to give me an answer other than, Ken, that's a pipe dream, and you need to stop talking about it. Thank you very much oh, for that. Is there, is there a chance we can get that floor? Because And this is the bad part about it. I love minor league baseball. I worked in minor league baseball, and I'm sympathetic to their plight, but I know that there's going to be a lot of changes here over the next few years, especially with this going on and even before the pandemic. Could it make it a little bit easier to say, okay, we're going to have a, we're going to have a $1 million floor? Maybe it's one for these major league players, and that might make it easier to swing because you have less of a minor league system, less players to play, or less players to yeah. pay out of that. It's Maybe. possible, but but my worry is, as an unintended consequence, they continue to get screwed because they don't have a place at the table here. They're not part of the MLBPA because they're not MLB yet. Yeah. Um, I, 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 my pie in the sky dream is he just. Pay them fifty a year. I mean, it's. I, I don't think there there aren't many fans in the stands. They're not the ones generating revenue, but they're also your future, and you should want them to be at least a little comfortable and and be able to take care of themselves and be able to work out on their own and not have to have four guys rooming in Class A. It, like, I, I wish they would take better care of them, knowing that this is our. These guys are possibly our future. Um, but I, like I said, unintended consequence of a floor might be the minor leaguers not getting paid as much as they should. Well, what, what do you think happens then? Because, you know, double A, I, I worked in double A and double A can be a very fun place and, and anything under like, you're right about that, but that can be a fun place. Boy, triple A can be pretty surly. It can be a pretty nasty, a nasty spot for a lot of folks. What happens with minor league baseball here over the next few years? I didn't want to take you here, but let's go there with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm worried because it seems like there's a fight and uh, it, it seems like Manfred and the owners really want to eliminate a good portion of minor league, uh, minor league teams. And it, what, the way they talk, it's, well, their facilities aren't good enough. Well, that's because they don't have, it, it, it's very complicated, but minor league baseball is, is supposed to be operating for major league baseball, which means major league baseball should help take care of it. Instead, they're basically saying, well, if you in class a short season, can't upgrade your facilities with the, your own revenue, then we're not going to help you. Well, of course they can't upgrade with their own revenue. They draw 500 fans a night. But the whole point of it is because these are where your future players are coming from. You're not, it's not an independent ball organization where they're saying, give them charity. You're trying to build your organization for the future. But that it seems to me that's not the way Rob Manfred and the major league baseball owners look at it. Matt Snyder joining us on the show, CBS Sports MLB writer. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. This is exactly where I wanted to take you now. Eight teams, because we're under a weird circumstances, okay, fine. I don't want there to be eight teams in the future, but I'd like there to maybe be one more. I think it creates a little bit more intrigue. I think it creates more stars. 
I think it gives more teams that might be on the bubble and if they're in smaller markets more of an incentive to buy during the trade deadline, the usual trade deadline. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? Am I am I dreaming too big? Should I should I no. be more staunch with baseball or should they expand it? Go ahead. No, you're not dreaming too big at all. I think that's where we're headed. Um, and then let, let's be real about something. The way Major League Baseball is set up, it's supposed to be a marathon. It, we're, we're all with 162 games. We're admitting small samples don't really count. The way to figure out the best teams is to have the largest sample possible. And now we're going to a three-game series with a one seed versus an eight seed after a 60-game season. That's absolutely ridiculous. We all know that. But I think that under the circumstances of 2020 – I want ridiculousness. I want like the most chaos and the most ridiculousness possible. So I'm embracing it for this season. If they do it in a full quote unquote real season, I absolutely hate the eight teams, but I think where we're headed is what was floated back in maybe January or February. Who even remembers at this point with the way this year has gone, um, which was seven teams per league. The one seed gets a buy from the first round, which I love because that incentivizes the regular season and being the best team in the regular season, not having to deal with a small sample three-game series against an inferior team. I love that. Then you have three wild cards, or uh, seven teams. Yeah, then you have uh, uh, whatever, four wild cards uh, <laughs> in two remaining division winners, sorry. And then you, eat, you have three different three-game series um, and to advance to the next round. Uh, that's where I think we're headed. Matt Snyder with us on the show. Yankees-Dodgers seem to be odds-on for the World Series. I worry about the Yankees. I worry about their health. I don't know if I can trust their health. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I I mean, it's it's interesting in a way. Like, they still lost Severino to Tommy John surgery, but the the delay in the season really helped them because Stan and Judge could get healthy. They get James Paxton back to relatively full health. But still, that's a lot of injury-prone guys on one team. Um, still, we, we saw how much depth they have to be able to absorb those blows last year because they were all banged up all last year. And they still got to game seven of the ALCS where it looked pretty clear to me that Jose Altuve had the signs on the home run against the role of Chapman. So it's, they were that close to the World Series last year when they were banged up all year. Who is uh, Who do you think is underrated here? There's There seems to be always a team that's under the radar. Who do you think we should be talking more about? I was pretty excited last night because I've been trying to drive the Padres bandwagon for a while, and, man, Paddock looks great. It looks like Eric Hosmer's buying into launch angle now instead of patting the ball onto the ground. It's only one game, but the Diamondbacks are a good team. The Diamondbacks were one of the best non-playoff teams last year. They signed Madison Bumgarner. They traded for Starling Marte to add beef to that lineup, and uh, the Padres dominated them. Uh, That was really fun to watch. I I thought they were – underrated heading into the season i i was trying to drive the angels train uh as well they were really close last night and the bullpen blew it but i mean rendon was hurt and he didn't play so i'll stay i'll stand by the angels too i'm not going to let one game deter me those those were kind of the two teams a lot of people are saying reds but um in terms of being underrated and under the radar if everybody's saying you are then you're not oh that's a great thought Damn it. I wish I thought of that myself. Okay, two more and I'll get you out of here, I promise. Universal DH. Hate it, love it. Where you at? Um, I'm good with it. I I'm in the middle of that. Like I don't I I don't want to say like, "Oh, I love it so much." But uh I I feel like 20 years from now we're going to look back and be like, "Wait a minute." So these two leagues had different rules and then in the World Series which determines the champion, you had like 
split between the two rules, it would be like having the three-point line in the East and not having the three-point line when the West team hosts it or something, which I just – having a different set of rules is wrong, and you always knew the Players Association was never going to say we are going to eliminate the DH from the AL. Once you have it, you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. So yeah. I, I knew at some point we were going to have to do this, so I'm okay with it. What about long-term? And the reason I bring this up is because I think Pony will be on after me from 2 to 6 here on the network, but I listen to him in Pittsburgh on the afternoons, and even though I usually hate his opinions, I thought he did bring up a good point where he said, hey, the DH is really, really bad for a team like Pittsburgh that doesn't have a whole lot of, a whole lot of money to spend anyway, and now how are we going to spend money on a guy who doesn't even play on the field? Well, I mean, that makes sense to an extent, but if you look, there, there aren't that many – DH specialists these days, like like, like an Edgar Martinez or David Ortiz. We've still got Edwin Encarnacion, but there aren't that many like that. And I, I think one thing that I, I grew up in Cubs country, I, I thought was it gave me a chuckle yesterday was so many people right when they heard the DH thing assumed Kyle Schwarber, automatic DH. Well, he played left field yesterday. He's not a DH. He's a left fielder. Uh, there aren't that many DH specialists anymore. So that's where I would push back on that and say most teams – We'll use it as, hey, I'll stick with the Cubs. Hey, Anthony Rizzo, let's give you a day free from the field and DH you. Hey, Wilson Contreras, let's let you not catch today and let's let you DH. Hey, Chris Bryant, let's let you have a day off from the field and DH today. Most teams are going to do that moving forward because flexibility defensively is much more important than just having a DH who mashes. Final one. I I swear on my children this is not political. (laughs) All right. Dr. Fauci's first pitch. Your thoughts? <laughs> that, just my laughter. That was hilarious. Uh, it, yeah, well, that was that was that brought back memories of like Fifty Cent, if you remember that one. Oh, at, at him, Car- that's the worst part yeah. about it is that people don't forget bad first pitches. The him, no, Carly no, Rae Jepsen. They, it's they're unforgettable. Yeah, and then uh, you know. I, Get somebody to like again. I'm, I'm I never get political, so this is not political at all. Of course, but get somebody who's going to do something awesome, like when Simone Biles did like a flip and then through the pitch. Like get somebody who's going to do that, or when Johnny Manziel ran all around the back of the mound, flipping the ball around and then through the first pitch. Is that does that yeah, help too? Like it, I mean, yeah, it should have been fun. It should have been fun instead of a guy in his mid seventies who embarrassed himself and, and and he was a good sport about it. He made fun of himself and. Like, that was fine, but, like, really, that that's what we want to kick off the year with instead of something, like, really fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wish I could disagree. I would never throw out a first pitch if I was invited, but that's for after this interview. Matt, thank you very much for the time. You were wonderful. Follow this guy on Twitter, at MattSnyderCBS. Take care, buddy. All right, have a good one, man. The great Matt Snyder, CBS Sports MLB writer. Underrated. I love what he said about Cincinnati. How can you be underrated when everybody's saying you're underrated? San Diego, Arizona in that mix. I think, you know, I thought he brought up, I'm worried about the Yankees. What he said, though, he goes, hey, they started off, they had everybody hurt last year at the beginning of the season. Didn't bother him at all. They had depth. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at Yankees-Dodgers. I'd love a Yankees-Dodgers World Series, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I love the classics. I think it'd be great. I do worry about, and, and honestly, I worry long term. We were talking about creating stars. Aaron Judge should be a star. I, I, if I can't trust you that your body's not going to rot from the inside out, I can't make you a star. It's availability, just like anything else. Like if, if the best ability is availability, the best about making you a star is that you're actually out there on the field and able to play.
and I can't trust Aaron Judge. I can't trust – I don't think I can trust Giancarlo Stanton yet. And it's nothing against those guys because I'm sure if they could help it, they'd be out there on the field. But I do worry about their chances even in an abbreviated season because if you get hurt and it's a four-week situation, that's it. It's not what it usually was. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up here in a little bit, we'll do our top five. We'll get the subject to that. And i got to explain another one. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. teams, but it's not a very good thought. I know Ryan Wilson disagreed with me about 40 minutes ago. We got the great Billy Jack with us. Hello, Billy. Oh, wait, what's Billy doing? Billy can't talk, so now I got to fill the void. Billy just whispered in my ear, hang on. Well, fine, then I'll just speak into the ether on everything. I'm not going to make it politically. I'm not going to make it political. But Looking at Dr. Fauci's first pitch, I thought he was in a no-win situation. If he throws a good first pitch, then it's, well, what have you been doing? Aren't you supposed to be working on this virus over here and taking care of America? And you're working on your first pitch? He's a 79-year-old man, so if he throws a laser right over the – if he paints a corner right over top, then you're going to know that he was working on something. He can't practice that. Now, somebody did say, do we know, what, a week ago that Dr. Fauci was going to throw out the first pitch? So he had a week to prepare. So I guess during breaks, he and the boys, they could have done the old Herbert Hoover and went out there and threw the ball around, even though Herbert Hoover did, Herbert Hoover did it with a medicine ball. You could have went out there and thrown the baseball around, but I don't know if you really have the time for that if you're Dr. Anthony Fauci. So if he throws a good pitch, then people are critical of him. If he throws a bad pitch, hey, at least he's been working on the science, hasn't he? I would never throw out a first pitch just because of that. If you throw a decent first pitch, no one remembers. Like there's one good first pitch that I remember, and that's George W. Bush's. That was a pretty good pitch. That was a really good first pitch. Again, I'm keeping politics out of this. That was a really good first pitch. So I'll give that credit, but everything else, you don't remember good first pitches. You remember all the bad first pitches. 50 Cent, Carly Rae Jepsen, Dr. Fauci, those right off the top. And I guarantee you're driving around and go, I remember the one time that so-and-so had a first pitch. Yeah, you always remember them. The ones you see are the ones you remember. There's not a chance in hell. You're just made to, you're just made to look bad. If you want to do some sort of, like Simone Biles, she did a nice routine before she threw the first pitch. That was fantastic. Johnny Manziel ran around, rolled out, flipped the ball to himself and threw a first pitch. That was fun. Probably the only real funny hat of his pro career, but you get what I'm saying? Like, those are good first pitches. But usually you're set up in a situation that is not going to be advantageous to you. It's not a good thing for you. 855-2124-CBS. Liked what Matt said about the the possibility of a salary cap and a salary floor. I, I'll argue for it before, and I have to walk some comments back, because before this all happened, when we were back in January and there was conversations about a future CBA, I was willing to say, I'll sit out for a year. I don't care. Don't give me any baseball as long as I can get a salary floor and a salary cap. 
I'd love to have a salary floor and salary cap. Now, I, I have to walk that back because the last three months or last four months have been awful, and I don't wish that on anybody at any time, no matter how much we hate each other, for, for the rest of my life or for the rest of society. I don't care. I never want anything like this to ever happen again. So if there's no baseball, if there's no pro sports or no baseball, I'm going to be upset by that. But I would love there to be for the for the equitable of the equitability of the game and for fans to keep things equitable, have a salary floor and a salary cap. Have a bottom for the players, have a cap for the top, and give them give good customer service to your fan base. Keep people in flyover states interested. Keep people who are outside of New York and Los Angeles interested in Chicago to a varying degree. Used to be Boston, but it seems they're going a little bit of a cheaper route anymore. Keep them interested throughout as, as much as you possibly can and see if you can get get it going in that direction. Because there's certain things that the NFL does very, very terribly. Very terribly. One thing they always do, a guy who plays in Kansas City, Missouri, can be one of the most recognizable people in the world. A guy who plays in Baltimore, Maryland, could be one of the most recognizable people in the world. That's something that the NFL has that the other major sports don't. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, no preseason might mean no postseason for these teams. I guess I can't go to the update right now. Okay, we're having some issues right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk into the ether and see if we can't get these, uh, these issues figured out. So that's going well. And I know there's plenty of people probably smiling in their radio right and looking at their radio right now going, what's Ken going to talk about? Well, we'll try to get that one figured out. Because I don't think I can go to phones right now. And I certainly can't can't send it over to the update right now. So I'll continue to talk about things. I hope the weather's very good out there in Los Angeles. I heard it's good this time of year. Heard there was some rain last night on the East Coast. Maybe down in the Southeast there could be a couple of a couple of issues. Billy, do you have me now? Are we all good now? Can we go to the update now? You just you just shouted something into my ear, and then we couldn't do it. We can go to the update now, Billy? Okay. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. I will have something prepared to talk about when we come back. It's Ken Carbon on CBS Sports Radio. I'm going to cross my fingers. Now here's the latest sports update with, I hope he's ready, Marco Belletti. Ain't nothing better than live radio, Ken. <laughs> Baseball is back. Everyone's in action today and plenty of afternoon action. Cubs and Brewers back in action at Wrigley. Kyle Hendricks dominated Milwaukee in a complete game three hitter. You Darvish look a pickup where he left off today. Elsewhere, the Marlins are going to be at the Phillies looking for back-to-back wins to start the year. The manager, Don Mattingly, admits playing in front of an empty ballpark is different, but doesn't mean that it's going to be any less intense. There's, but there's outs that are big, there's hits that are big, there's plays that are big, and that's just going to be a part of this. It's just not going to be fans. And, uh, I think it's going to be exciting to watch for people on TV, and you know it's going to be exciting to play in without the noise. Elsewhere, Dallas Keuchel will make his White Sox debut today. He'll take on Randy Dobnak and the Twins. Dodgers looking to make a three-straight victory against the Giants behind Alex Wood today. Mets and Braves there in New York, where first-year manager Luis Rojas Picked up a win in his managerial debut yesterday and talked about the interesting way his team celebrated that with him. I got, I got this uh, 
um, different smell on me. On I don't know what they threw on me, but they threw a lot of stuff. I know there's there's some protein shake uh, and maybe some some Jello mix. It feels sticky and uh, smells getting a little little different. You know. Let's hope he showered for today. Meanwhile, Mike Clevenger looks to follow up the dominance of Shane Bieber, who fan 14. Indians have the Royals. Great pitching matchup in D.C. World World Series MVP Steven Strasburg goes for the Nationals tonight against Yankee lefty James Paxton. Elsewhere, the Blue Jays have themselves a new home for the year. They will play the majority of their season, their home games in Buffalo. That's the site of their AAA affiliate. We had our first player decide to opt out on the season due to COVID-19 in the NFL. That's Chief starting guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. He has a medical degree and he's been serving at a long-term for care facility in Montreal during the pandemic. Players union in the NFL agreed to a plan to have training camps begin on time on the 28th. Great news for Washington quarterback Alex Smith, who suffered that devastating leg injury 2018, cleared to return to all football activity. NBA Pacers forward Demonis Sabonis left the bubble, seek treatment on a foot injury. His season's in jeopardy and Zion Williamson's back inside the bubble, must quarantine until Tuesday before rejoining the Pelicans. I'm Marco Belletti. Just over 20 minutes away, might have some Hall of Fame stats, not a Hall of Fame reputation, and I got some confirmation from Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports about 40 minutes ago. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. You can save 15% or more on car insurance, motorcycle insurance, home insurance. doesn't matter. Go ahead and go with GEICO. They're fabulous people, way better than my guy. I tell you that every single week, and I hope he hears it every single week because I'm telling him I'm tired of playing. I'm tired of paying his premiums because he jacks them up every single week and every single year. So I have to make sure that I say it every single week and every single year, and hopefully he'll get the clue that someday he will not. Lo- he'll no longer be a friend of the family, and then I can separate myself and be free to pay lower premiums when if I when I switch to Geico. Billy, how the hell is that for a promo? That's got to be one of the best, right? That's pretty good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Billy. Billy, you were busy. People were noticing. I put a spotlight on it, and I'm sorry. But you have the top five subject that we'll do at 120, correct? I do. But uh, honestly, last segment was no one's fault, Ken. It's just uh, sometimes when uh, when you're live on the air, things don't work as they should. Hey, it's okay. Put it on me. Just blame it on me. It's okay. Yeah, but it's not your fault, though. You know what? I'm the one that's got to speak for everybody, and I just started talking about the weather of all things. So you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say it's my fault. Yeah. I mean, okay? that's that's nice of you. Yeah, I, I like I like blame. I like fault. I like taking blame. Let's let's go with that. I think it'll be okay, right? I mean, it, look, if you want to blame it on yourself, that's fine. Thank but you. I don't I don't agree with that. Well, fine. Either way, you know, it's it's just one of them. It's one of them deals, man. It's one of them radio deals that end, ends up happening. But we move on. We move on smarter. We move on better. All right, so what's your top five? So my top five, completely. Yeah. All right, so I want to know your top five non-sports, fi- your favorite non-sports video games of all time. Judas Priest, you're killing me, Billy. Oh, yeah. All right, I got a few. I got a few that I can think of off the top of my head. I did a different top five earlier this week. Are you a big movie guy? Uh, it, it depends. It depends. I mean, usually a lot of times when people ask me if I've seen movies, yeah, I say no, but I have a lot of classic ones that I like. Why do you say no? You just don't want to get in the conversation with them or? 
No, because truthfully, I I haven't really seen a whole lot of movies. Like I have, really? I have the movies that I like, but that's that's it. I I don't know. Sometimes I don't. See, I, I have a short attention span, so okay. for me to sit down and watch a movie for I don't know two two and a half hours, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot. It's hard. It's hard. I tried to, and this is going to be an unpopular thing. I know that people say it's 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 a triumph. It's 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 one of Scorsese's best films ever. I tried to watch Mean Streets for the first time last week, and I couldn't do it. I I, I couldn't do it. It it was hard, and I know that, that IMDb loves it, and Rotten Tomatoes I think loves it, and everybody loves it, and all the critics say it's a triumph and all that stuff. And I'm going, man, nothing is going on. I, I love Harvey Keitel. He's a great actor, but nothing is going on. I can't do this any longer. It's like an hour and 51 minutes, and nothing is going on, and I made it through like an hour and 20, and I still have a 30-minute segment to go, and I'm like, I'm going to get to the end of this movie. I promise I'm going to get to the end of this movie. I feel like Elaine with the sub sandwiches. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, though, Ken. Is that is that sometimes well, you just can't finish a movie? If I'm going to sit there and watch a movie, like I watched The Irishman in one sitting, that's that's surprising. I took my phone and my computer and everything, and I put them in it because if you know me, when I sit down, I don't like getting up. Sure. And so I watched it in one sitting, and I wanted to make sure I'd watch it and and pay attention to it. So I took anything that could possibly distract me, and I took it away. Like when I'm watching a movie that everybody's talking about, I will put those things away. Like, we started watching that Fear, Fear City series yesterday, and then Lizzie got tired and wanted to go to bed, so she made me pause it because, I don't know, she's tired, so I guess I can't watch any more entertainment. But, you know, that's that's marriage. But but anyway, I, I put everything away so I could watch what was going on with the Banano crime family and everybody else. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah. So, well, well now I'm going to give this list of people I hate, and you're not going to know any of them. Like, have you seen Rudy? I've heard of Rudy, but no, I haven't seen it. Judas Priest, Billy, you're a sports guy. How have you not seen Rudy? Oh, buddy? wait a minute. No, I know what you're talking about. I, yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen Rudy, but uh, but not but I haven't William seen William Jacks. What are we doing here? What? Oh, oh, Rudy. Oh, yeah, that movie. It's one of the greatest sports movies ever, buddy. I I disagree with that. How? Well, because Ken, I I I like I said, my mind doesn't work like most people. Apparently so. I mean, I mean that's just the way it is. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, I'm gonna run these by you. Okay. Home Alone. Yes. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No. Forrest Gump. No. You've never seen Forrest Gump. Nope. Almost cussed. Uh, Rocky. Yes. Come on. All right. I mean that that one that one everyone has to see. Okay. Rookie of the Year. No. Okay. So you haven't seen you haven't seen half of these movies I'm going to mention here. I wanted to mention I can't even do it. Probably not, because I got pushback on all of them. I ha- I have ha- movie characters that I hated. <laughs> See, look, my- Billy Heaven and Hawn over here. Look at listen to Billy Heaven and Hawn. Well, I'm I'm just trying to explain myself, but you know what? Honestly, Ken, I- movies are my thing, man. Basketball's your thing. Yes. Video games are your thing. Uh, when I was a little bit younger, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, you know, Billy, you like what you like. That's what I say to everybody. So I got to find my top five video non sports video games. Non sports, non sports. So like, <sighs> like uh, this is gonna be tough. So you know, like the storyline games. You know, like okay. the cartoon characters, like that type. Of oh, stuff. <coughs> God, 
excuse me, I had spit go down my throat because I just got excited. I think it's going to be easier than I thought. I just remembered a couple of games that I thought are kick-ass. If you, okay? re- if you really think about it, this one really shouldn't be that hard. Okay. All right. We'll do it that way. All right, 855-2124-CBS. Coming up at 120, we'll do it that way. Hopefully I won't have to work that hard because everybody knows I don't like working very hard. I was worried when I first heard it. Ryan Wilson says I'm not supposed to be worried. I still don't believe him. If you're a fantasy football fan and you're just worried about fantasy football or you're worried about what we do, this is great. No preseason. And I'm not trying to say that a fan should be taken over behind the woodshed and have to pay exorbitant sums or the same price for regular season football games that they should for preseason games. It doesn't make any sense. Preseason football is not real NFL football, and that's something I don't even need to say because it's implied we already know that, and so does the NFL know that, and they're finally starting to admit it. I'm worried, though, about not just no preseason, but also no joint practices, and I know it's a necessary thing. I totally understand that. We're going through something difficult. This is tough, but I do hope that in in, in certain cases in the future, while I don't want them to charge you the same, I want preseason football. I want joint practices. I want things that you can watch and we can take in together and we can have fun with. I want that. Because I think for these teams, what happened earlier this week with no preseason, it might not mean no postseason. And we'll check back on that at the end of the year. But for these teams, Billy, hit my music. I think it's going to make things very difficult. For these teams, your pressure score is is already ratcheted up. For these teams, I've already given the danger scores, the pressure scores throughout, and these teams I keep on a watch list for good, for bad reasons, for whatever reasons they may be. I start off first with the New York Giants. Joe Judge, the Belichick tree looks better. I know that's an old sports talk take about, well, Belichick's able to do it and no one else is able to do it. Uh, We've been seeing it different lately. A couple of guys coming off the Belichick tree, they've been able to lead, they've been able to do well. Maybe some of these guys are using other Belichick systems and not just trying to be Bill Belichick, Charlie Weiss. Maybe they're just not trying to do a bad impression of Bill. Joe Judge will come from that system. People love him. He's a all-around smart guy with the special teams history, with the defensive history. A second year for Daniel Jones, he has to grow. He will not have much of a preseason at all or a training camp at all. He will have to grow, and he'll have to do so with a different type of system. But from the Belichick tree, going from one to five, five being the worst, we go reverse DEFCON on here, I give it a three. I would say the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm not. I think there's zero pressure on the Cowboys. I think Dak Prescott will end up getting paid at the season's end. They've already made heavy investments. There's pressure on him just because there's Dallas, but not because there's not a preseason. I think Mike McCarthy is going to be proven that he still has it. And he's going to be the perfect coach to lead forward with Dak Prescott in that offense. I think the Cowboys are going to be in a good spot. The Chicago Bears I put at a five. I am at the wits end with the Chicago Bears, and this could be a season where they make a strong decision on a guy we loved two years ago in Matt Nagy and a guy who... People were lukewarm on, and I certainly loved, in Mitch Trubisky. I don't know who I'm picking for my quarterback. They wanted to have some sort of a competition. I think because of this and no live bullets, Bears fans are going to hate this. I think you give me one more season or one more try 
with Mitch Trubisky at the beginning of the season, but I put it at a five right now. I'm as worried about them as I am anybody. The Detroit Lions, can Stafford save Patricia's job? Do you even want him to? Not the worst, but I put him at a four. The Carolina Panthers. I worry a bunch about the Carolina Panthers, and I realize Matt Rule has cleaned up worse messes. They got a young defense. I know pro football focus hates their defensive line. They have a rebuild offensive line. We'll see if Okun can do the do the job for them. I put them at a two. I think they're in a better spot than what people realize. Tampa Bay. Tom's 42. He's seen it all. And no matter what we want to say about the virus, I don't know if he believes in it, which I don't know if that's a good message, but he's certainly going to work through it. They still have a new offense. He still needs to get his work in. He has a ton of pressure on him. I don't think historically this is going to be a big deal, but for this year, whether he can get over without Bill Belichick, it's going to be one of the main storylines. He has a great coach in Bruce Arians. He has a ton of weapons. I still put him at a two, relatively safe. Kyler Murray going into year two, it needs to be with growth, and now you're seeing major expectations. Their team people are picking to go to the playoffs in maybe the toughest division in the NFL in the NFC West. I put him at a three. I think it's difficult. I'm a little bit nervous for him. I want to see if that offensive line can protect him. But Cliff Kingsbury's proven to be a pretty good professional coach. I don't know why he wasted his time in college football. The Jets, critical year for Darnold, critical year for Gase. Jamal Adams is throwing Gase right under the rug, which I'll always laugh about. I got him at a five. I'm as nervous with them as anybody. Joe Burrow with no preseason in Cincinnati. I don't know your backup situation, but you might want to think twice about that. Okay, Zach Taylor, I know that that people want to see some wins. You won two games last year, and they want to see some wins, but Joe's your future. He had a great season last year, but I'm not sure if you want to do anything like that. Cleveland, I'm fit to be tied with. New coach, new system. They still don't know who's calling their plays just yet. They might have an idea, but they haven't told us. It's a make-or-break year for a lot of people for Odell. It's a make-or-break year for a lot of people for Baker. I got him at a five. I think that this is one of the most pressure-packed situations as we've ever are going to see this year. Jacksonville didn't have a chance to begin anyway, so I'm going to take them as a zero. The Chargers, boy, I got a bad feeling. I got a bad feeling a young quarterback's going to play too soon. I got a bad feeling that Justin Herbert's going to play too soon. I got them at a four, and I'm on the verge of a five. I look at the New England Patriots, and I see no pressure. Cam Newton's already doing what he needs to do. Be quiet. Do the Patriot way. The Patriot way, and it's amazing. I just mentioned the the Fear City documentary. The Patriot way is the old-style mob way. It's the oath of Omerta. You will say nothing. They will get nothing. You will get nothing from us. And it is 100% loyalty, no matter what. Not to your personal family, to the family that is the Patriots. You have the five families of New York, historically, Put in a six, it's the Belichick family. They're basically the Bananos. They run their business like organized crime. In fact, hell, they've been caught doing things that have been cheating before. Cam Newton has been welcomed into that society. He'll be quiet, at least he'll try. Belichick will give him everything he can. He's an old hand. He's a veteran. I think they're in a good spot. I rank him at a zero. But those are teams that I think I'm watching the most without a preseason or without any sort of a joint practice whatsoever. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. A lot of these teams I like, a lot of these teams I liked before coming in, there's just a lot of them I'm a little bit nervous about. And when I look at the Lions 
Tampa Bay is interesting. Arizona because of Kyler. Again, Cleveland. I'm nervous about Cleveland. I'm nervous about the Jets. Those teams I pay attention to the most. I think I need live bullets to be able to get something figured out with these guys. I think I need something that is going to tell me whether or not I can dump them in there and that team's going to be okay. Oh, and I forgot, the referees as well. That's something we're going to have to get into. 855-2124-CBS, 20 minutes away. We'll do the top five up next. He's got Hall of Fame stats. Doesn't have a Hall of Fame reputation. And I think it's going to cost him. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.